So how's everybody doing tonight? How many had a good day? How many had a bad day? How many had an okay day? All right. Thank you for your honesty. Okay, I told him to turn me up. Now it's a little bit too loud probably. All right, we're going to get started tonight. Good to see each one of you here again tonight. Several have been in every single one, and I see some. This is your very first night, so uh, welcome to the last night. (laughs) Yeah, we've been talking about biblical principles for financial success, Um, taking some of Solomon's writings, taking some of Dave Ramsey's teaching and some of Mike Benson's teaching all together. Hopefully you have received something uh, from this. Hopefully you're doing something with what you're hearing. And I actually am hearing that some of you are. Pastor Sean was telling me actually at lunch today of a couple uh, that said they have just thoroughly enjoyed the the teaching and uh, have started implementing some of the stuff, and it's been a blessing and a help to them already. And and uh, they're so excited about it that they're not here tonight. <laughs> but I'm sure they have a, a, a valid reason why they're not here tonight. Let, let, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, thank you uh, that you not only love us enough to uh, to help us stay out of hell and get to heaven, but I thank you, Lord, that you love us enough that you have given us principles to live our life by, Thank you that you uh, uh, have promised to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. Thank you that even as an earthly father, and even more than as an earthly father, you you have uh, you desire good things for your children. I just pray that you'll help us, Lord, to take these principles to heart. I pray you'll help us to implement them into our everyday lives, and our lives will be better because of it. We thank you, we praise you, enable us, empower us, anoint us tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Tonight we're going to talk about God's currency, God's currency. Let me read uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, uh, and verse 11, just to get us started tonight. The word of the Lord says to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. That there may, be, there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. And see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the Lord of hosts. God's currency. God's currency is not money. Money is the eventual result of God's currency, but it's not his currency. If money were God's currency, it would limit him and limit his opportunity to bless us And God is unlimited in his ways, in his means, and in his measures of blessing those that walk in obedience to him. In Malachi chapter 3, God promised to open the windows of heaven 
over our life and pour out such blessings over our life that we wouldn't even have enough room to receive all of the blessing of God. And not only to open the windows of heaven over our life, but the Bible says that God promises to, to rebuke the devourer. What is devouring our finances. We talked a, a lot the last few weeks about the fact that the problem is not just with there not being enough. And a lot of people think if I just had more, that would solve all of my problems, only, that, only to get more and to find they still have the same problems. And we talked about the fact that for most people, it's not the problem with their money bag is not the mouth of the bag or what is going in the bag. The problem is the holes in the bag. And so if there's holes in the bag, it doesn't matter how much you put in the top of the bag, it's going to come out of the bottom. But the Bible promises, God promised to those that would be obedient to him and those that would be faithful to him in the area of tithing, that he would sew up those holes in, in our money bag, that he would rebuke the devourer, that that is devouring our money. Money is not God's currency. Well, if, if money is not God's currency, then what is? Well, God's currency could be one of many things. We're going to talk about several tonight. This is not all of them, but many of them. But here is God's currency. It is whatever God chooses to give us that will help us make money. God's currency is whatever he chooses to give you that will help you make money. See, God doesn't necessarily give you money. He gives you the ability to make money. Which is far better. See, if God just gave me X amount of money, what do I do when that money is all gone? God blesses me not with money, but with the ability to make money and keep making money. And when this money is gone, there will be more money coming in because God has given me His currency, the ability to make money. What is God's currency? Let me suggest seven things tonight. We've had three or four come in since we passed out the uh, uh, fill-in-the-blank notes. So if, you're, if, you, if you don't have a, an outline tonight, raise your hand and we'll get one to you. I saw two or three. Back in the back, just raise your hand and we'll get one to you, okay? All right. What is God's currency? Let me suggest seven things. First of all, the first one I'd like to talk about is wisdom. Wisdom. Let me ask you this question tonight. If you could choose between wisdom and money, which would you choose? Well, most people would choose money. If I gave you the opportunity or the option of choosing between wisdom and money, most people would, uh, would choose uh, money. If you choose money, then you don't have wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 11 says, the value of wisdom is far above rubies. Nothing can be compared with it. The Bible says there's absolutely nothing in this world that compares or is equal in value as wisdom is. Wisdom trumps money. See, give an unwise person money, and no matter what the amount is, and they're going to squander it. 
because they don't have any wisdom. And so it doesn't matter how much money you put in their hands, it's going to all go through their hands because they have no wisdom. They don't have any ability to handle it. James 1 and 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask God for some and he will give it to you generously. Those of you that have been around for a while have heard me say that my wife and I were married at 17 and we began pastoring a church at 17. Obviously, we didn't have any wisdom or we wouldn't have got married at 17 and we sure wouldn't have pastored a church at 17, okay? No, I wouldn't trade for my wife and I would do it all over again. I just wouldn't do it at 17, okay? But early on in my ministry, and by the way, can you imagine the wisdom that oozed out of the pulpit every Sunday? But early on in my ministry, I discovered James chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, if you need wisdom, ask God for some, and he will give it to you generously. And it goes on to say, he will not chastise you for asking. And if anybody needed wisdom, it was that 17-year-old kid trying to pastor a little church. And so I may not have a lot of wisdom, but I have a whole lot more wisdom than I would have if I hadn't discovered this, this scripture many, many years ago and for almost every day of my life uh, for, for 40 plus years, I've asked God for wisdom. When Solomon was asked by God in Second Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 7, God said, ask of me for whatever you want me to give you. Anything you want, it's yours. Just ask what it is and I'll give it to you. Verse 10, Solomon said, give me wisdom. I think he must have already had some, huh? He must have already had some to ask. Who in the world would ask for, if you could ask for anything in the whole world and you ask for wisdom? He must have already had some. But God gave him the wisdom that he asked for as well. And just Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 16 says, How much better to get wisdom than gold? It is better He says, to choose understanding, which is wisdom, rather than silver. See, money will run out. But if you have wisdom, if you have wisdom, people will seek you out and they will exchange their money for your wisdom. They will pay you and give you some of their money in exchange for some of your wisdom on the particular matter they are struggling with. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 8 says, Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. So don't just look in your bank account to see if God is blessing you. His currency is not money. Money is limited. Money runs out. Money, there are some problems that money uh, will not, uh, problems that money will not solve. But wisdom will. God's currency is wisdom. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out some wisdom into our lives. His wisdom solves problems. And almost everyone that is paid is paid for solving problems. The teacher is paid for solving the problems of ignorance. The doctor, the nurse, is paid for solving the problem of health issues. 
the mechanic is paid for solving the problem of, 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 your, of your automobile. Almost everything, almost, almost every person that is paid is paid for solving a problem. Wisdom solves problems, so we need to get wisdom. Because if we get wisdom, we can solve some problems. If we solve some problems, we can make some money. His wisdom solves problems. His wisdom draws people to you. People are drawn to people of wisdom. Wisdom produces money. We're talking about God's currency. God's currency is not money. It's, it, it, it will bring money to you. It, it, will, it will produce money, but it is not limited to money. Not only is God's currency wisdom, but it is also knowledge and skill. God's currency is knowledge and skill. Proverbs 22 and verse 29 says, Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. What is God's currency? God's currency is knowledge and skill. God's currency is gifts, talents, and abilities. You hear that a lot around here, gifts, talents, and abilities. But that is God's currency. The truth of the matter is no one is good at everything, but everyone is good at something. I remember as a kid in school, I was frustrated because I could not draw. I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. I hate to play Pictionary. Because I can't even draw a good stick, man. I can't even visual. I can't even see it in my mind. And I hate it because I'm not any good at it. I don't like to do things I'm not good at because I like to win. <laughs> I can't even draw a good stick, man. And as a kid in school, I hated art because I was lousy at it. And my friends could draw. They could sketch. They could paint. And I was horrible. But when it came time to act... When it came time to give an oral report, when it came time to sing in music, I was best in the class. Okay, it was a small class. <laughs> God's currency isn't money. Money soon is all gone. His currency includes knowledge and skill. And this helps us make money as well as meet a need for someone. God's currency. What is God's currency? Well, number three, it's favor and influence. Favor and influence. This is gigantic. You see, a moment of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. A moment of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. See, it is really, really true what you've heard all your life. It's not what you know, but who you know. It really is. Now, you better know something, too. But if you know the same as this one knows, have the same equal gifts, talents, and abilities, but this one, you know, has a, you have a relationship with someone who has a relationship with this person, who, who's this person going to choose? So, so a moment of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. Uh, fact of the matter is, I'm sitting here tonight as your pastor because of someone I know. Now, I'm here because God put me here. I understand that. But God used favor and influence to get me here. 
I'm here tonight as your pastor because of someone I know. And this person that I know didn't, has never attended this church, has never even been in this church, not even one time in his entire life that I know of, but he knew me and he knew of the situation of the church at the time 12 years ago, which is much different than it is now. And he called me and he told me about this church and about the situation and said that I was the man for the job. And when he told me the situation of the church, I said, and I thought we were friends. <laughs> You're trying to do this to me? I thought we were friends. But God's favor, God's favor and influence. God's favor places us at the right place at the right time. God's favor makes our paths cross with the right person in the right position. God's favor can open a door for you that has been closed to you in the past. Favor can cause your resume to rise from the bottom of the pile to the top. And what you are unable to do with all of your pushing and shoving and striving and jockeying for position, what you are unable to do through human effort and struggle and strength can be done for you in a moment's time through favor. Through favor. A key man in my life a key ministry in this church happened because of favor. Twenty some odd years ago, I received a phone call from a, one of my mentors at the time. And he said, you've got to have this man in your church. You've got to have this man in your church. I'd never heard of the man in my life, didn't know him, wouldn't known him. I'd never met him in my life. But on this man's recommendation and my relationship with him, this other man got favor with me. And because he got favor with me, he became a part of my life and has been a part of my life and actually is an incredible influence in this church today in the care ministry. That happened 20-something years ago, a moment of favor. Proverbs 11 and 27 says, He who earnestly seeks good finds favor. Proverbs 14 and 9 says, Among the upright there is favor. The psalmist said about the children of Israel in Psalm 44 and 3, he said, You did not gain possession of the promised land by your own efforts, but because God, because God favored you. So if I were to ask you the question tonight, if you could choose between money and favor, which would you choose? Most would choose money. <laughs> that would be a poor choice. Proverbs 22 and 1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. fact of the matter is, favor is money. Favor draws money to you. Favor does for you what money never could. Favor is more valuable than money. Favor 
is God's currency. What is God's currency? Number four, it's revelation and discernment. This is big. I know you didn't anticipate this lesson tonight, but I'm telling you it's the most important lesson of all, if you can get a hold of some of this. God's currency is revelation and discernment. Psalm 16 and 7 says, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Have you ever had God place something in your heart before it actually happened? That's God's currency of revelation. Have you ever experienced a situation where there was a check in your spirit or an uneasiness in your heart to where you knew this just isn't right? That's God's currency of discernment. See, there are two possible paydays. One is when you do something. You take the job or you make the investment or you do the deal. But another possible payday is when you don't do something. You don't take the job. And because you don't take the job, a better job comes along. But if you had taken the job, the other one wouldn't have come along. Or if it had, it would have been too late. But something inside of you said, even though you need a job, and even though this looks really good, but there's something on the inside of you said, this is not right. Or don't partner with that person. My wife told me one time I was going to go into partnership with an individual over on, a stitch, on a deal. And my wife said, I don't have a good feeling about that. I said, honey, I have favor on my life. Which is true. She said, but he doesn't. I ignored my wife. I went into partnership with that individual on that one particular deal. I didn't lose my shirt, but I didn't make a dime. And there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went by before it was all over. Don't make that purchase. Don't do the deal. Don't go through with the wedding. Ever have that check in your spirit, that uneasiness in your heart where you knew this just isn't right? And two plus two might equal four, and it may look really, really good on paper, but something on the inside says don't do the deal. Don't get involved. Don't go through. Bail out of the relationship. Hmm? How many of you have ever had those alarm bells go off in your spirit, but you ignored the alarm and did it anyway, only to regret it? God's currency isn't money, but God's currency will produce money. Revelation and discernment is God's currency. I can tell you of a couple of, and I'm not going to take the time tonight to go into detail, but a couple of major times in my life where I knew before it ever happened and much had to line up but I knew in my spirit I knew in my heart I knew this was going to happen and it did 
Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. God revealed the future to Joseph through a dream. And because Joseph embraced this uh, this revelation, an entire nation was saved as well as Joseph and his entire family. Revelation and discernment is God's currency. If we'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and obey his leadings and promptings, we can be spared much loss. Financially, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. If we'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we can be led into some incredible blessings. Materially, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Talking about God's currency. God's currency is not money. It will produce money. It will bring money to you, but God's currency is much greater than money. Number five, God's currency is creativity. Ideas, inventions. Proverbs 8 and 12 says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The word that is translated prudence in this particular scripture means practical wisdom. It means wisdom in action. It means the potential of seeing and understanding the best way to do something. A better, easier, more efficient method. A way of building a better mousetrap. How many of you can see the possibility of making some big bucks from a new idea or invention? Shark Tank. That's one of my favorite shows. My wife doesn't like it, but I love it. I love it. These guys come on there and they, you know, they pitch their deal to these, you know, these billionaires, you know. How many have seen it? And they come on there and, and some of these people are just obscure, you know, they're just people they've never had anything before, you know. They don't have anything necessarily going for them. But for whatever reason, they've invented a better mousetrap. They've invented a better way of doing something. And they get on there and they pitch their deal. And sometimes, you know, they get tossed out on their ear. And, you know, and sometimes, oh, man, I mean, some of the most ridiculous and silliest things, you know. uh, I guess one of my favorite ones is the squatty potty. Have you seen that one? (laughs) You seen the squatty potty? They're making millions on the squatty potty. Who can imagine uh, a, 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 an improvement on, on, on going to the potty can make you a multimillionaire, but it's making people multimillionaires, and it's in, where's it at? Is it in Bed Bath Beyond or somewhere, huh? Yeah. Hey, hey, God's currency is creativity, ideas, inventions, See, one new patented idea could provide you a lucrative income for life. One new way of doing something that saved your company time and money could make you a superstar at work. It it could get you promoted. It could gain you favor at work. 
If God could give you one idea on how to save the company some money or how to make the company more efficient, it could make you a superstar. It could give you, gain you favor with the boss. And when they're laying off people in droves, the boss will say about you, take anyone but so-and-so. They're too valuable to us. We cannot lose them. And even though there are others that have seniority above yours and a position above yours or whatever, 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 and yet they keep you around because you have gained favor, because you have saved the company money, because you have come up with a new idea or a way of making the company more uh, efficient, I mean, you could see that God could use that to, become, to make you, to, to be a lucrative blessing to you in your life. God's currency is not money, but God's currency always brings money with it. George Washington Carver, I mean, ever heard of him? George Washington Carver lifted a handful of peanuts into the air and prayed. And he prayed, great God of the, uni- of the universe, creator of the heavens and the earth, reveal to me the secrets that you have housed in these peanuts. And then he created over 300 usable and marketable products from the peanut. After that, Carver did the same thing with the sweet potato, petitioning God for creativity with the sweet potato. And this one man, it is said of him, that this one man literally resurrected the economy of the South in his day because he received God's currency of creativity. What could God reveal to you about something? What idea or what new paradigm or way of thinking could he birth in your heart? God could use you to turn your entire company around or take your entire company to a whole new uh, level, take it in a whole different direction that could be monumental to the future of your company and monumental to your future. God could give you an idea for a business of your own where you could eventually own your own business that could become very lucrative. I personally have built four churches and four additions to churches, and I am not a builder per se. But every single time, God has used me to solve problems for subcontractors and even the builder himself during time of construction. I've gotten a call from the builder. We have a problem. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just telling you that God has given me ideas and way of solving problems when I've asked him to when the builder didn't know what to do. And I've seen them stand amazed when I told them how to solve the problem. I'm not that smart. I don't claim to be a builder. But God has given me ideas and solutions to problems when I needed him to. And God will do the same for you if you'll live in obedience to him and ask him for his currency of creativity, ideas, and inventions. What is God's currency? Number six, leadership. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28 talks about the gift of leadership. Leadership is a currency of God. If we have leadership skills, we will rise to the top no matter where we are or what we're involved in. 
If you have leadership skills, wherever you're placed, you will rise to the top. Let me ask you this. Do leaders prosper more or followers? Are leaders blessed more financially or followers? Hmm? Who makes the most money, the leader of the company or the guy doing the grunt work? The leader. The leader. See, a lot of people have skill. The fact is, most people who are leading have less skill in that particular area than the followers or the workers uh, that he leads or she leads. The fact is, many who lead giant companies can't do the actual work of the company. What's that other show that's on there? What is it? Undercover Boss? Have you you seen that show? They take the CEO, the CEO, the president, the leader of the whole company, and they disguise him. And they put him in to do the menial task of the company, and he can't do it. He bumbles, he fumbles. He would be fired. As a worker, he would be fired. He's the CEO. He's the head honcho. But they can't actually do the actual work of the company. But their their job is not to build anything or do the manual labor of the company. Their job is to lead people. And make good financial decisions for the company. And know how to hire and fire. And know who to place where in the company. And their value to the company is much greater if they know who to stick where than the fact that they can do pretty good somewhere you stick them. Know how to market the product. Not only does leadership pay off for the leader himself, but being under the right leader will ensure financial provision as well. We need to pray for our leaders. Pray for our bosses. Pray for those that are over us. We we need to pray that God will place us under good, godly leaders. Good, godly bosses. And we need to be loyal to them. And we need to not enter into gossip or slander about our leader or our boss. And we need to serve our leader or our boss faithfully. And if we have a bad leader or a bad boss, we need to pray that God either changes him or gives us a new leader or a new boss. But a true leader will prosper anywhere you put him. See, it's not the product that will make him successful, but the leadership ability of the person. There are a host of leaders who succeed with inferior products. 
It's not the product, but the promoter of the product that brings success. Leadership is God's currency. Pray that God will either make you a good leader or place you under a good leader. Either way, success is sure to come to you. Money is not God's currency. Leadership is. But leadership will bring money with it. Leadership will bring money to you. Leadership will open doors that will be, be very lucrative to you. Number seven, what is God's currency? The seventh one is economic strategies. Economic strategies. Hebrews 11 and 6 says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. God loves to reward his children for their faith and their faithfulness. How many of you here tonight have kids? What do you want for your kids? Do you want them to live in constant struggle? Is that your plan for your kid, for them to live in constant struggle? Do you want them to go without food, without shelter, without clothing? Is that what you want for your kids? Do you want them to be hungry and thirsty and cold and destitute? Absolutely not. Do you want them to be blessed? Do you want them to be, you want them to prosper? Do you want them to have nice things? Do you want them to do well? And do you want things to go well with them? Absolutely. Well, let me tell you something. God's our Heavenly Father. And I'm not preaching health and wealth and prosperity. I'm not saying God's going to bless you with a new car and God's going to bless you with a, you know, with a six-figure income. I'm not, I'm not teaching and preaching, but I'm telling you that God's our Heavenly Father. And as, as our Heavenly Father... Jesus said, if you're evil and you know how to do good things for your kids and you have good plans for your kids, well, how much more does your heavenly Father love you and care for you and want good things for you? Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33, Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, or about your body, what you're going to put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they don't sow or reap or gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. So if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what are we going to eat, or what are we going to drink, or what are we going to wear? For after all of these things the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God is our Heavenly Father, and God loves us even more than an earthly father loves his kids and wants the best for his kids. We're talking about God's currency, God's currency. What are they? Well, one of them is economic strategies. Before, before Jacob left his father-in-law Laban in Genesis chapter 30, God gave Jacob an economic strategy. He would receive all of the speckled and dark-colored animals for himself, and Laban would have all the choice ones. 
And Laban jumped on this idea thinking it was slanted in his direction. But God caused the majority of animals born to be born speckled or odd colored. And Jacob left his father-in-law a wealthy man. God's currency is not money, but God's currency includes economic strategies. And these economic strategies will produce money. After leaving office, President Bush Sr. was asked to speak for a new Japanese corporation. Instead of receiving his regular $200,000 fee for speaking, by the way, I'm not receiving $200,000 for this lesson tonight. I need to talk to my board. I'm getting underpaid. But after leaving office, President Bush Sr. was asked to speak for a new Japanese corporation. But instead of receiving his regular $200,000 fee for speaking, he chose rather some stock in the new company. His choice, this stock turned out to pay him millions of dollars, not the $200,000. Twenty-something years ago, I went to pastor a certain church, and they had a debt that had hung over their heads for years. And they were only able to pay the interest on the debt the past few years. God showed me how to pay off the debt in one year. And I called a special meeting of the membership of the church, took a marker board and placed it in front of the, of the church, and proceeded to show the church the financial plan that God had revealed to me. And one year later, the debt was totally gone. God had given me an economic strategy. I'm not that smart, but God is. And God can give us economic strategies that will become lucrative not only to our life, but to those that are in our life. I'm sure that when you came to the class tonight, you expected something very practical and something far from what you've received tonight, but I promise you tonight is the best lesson of all. I promise you that if you will understand that God's currency is not money, if you will look at these areas that we have talked about tonight, If you begin to pray and ask God to help you in these areas, if you'll ask God to give you favor, pray favor over your life. I pray favor over my life and over the favor of my family every single day that I pray, and it's almost every day. I pray for wisdom, and I pray for favor. Favor. Because a day of favor, a moment of favor, is worth a lifetime of labor. Pray that God will align your circumstances, your situations, and your relationships. Ask him to open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open. Don't just pray, God, put money in my hands. That's not God's currency. But look at these things we've talked about tonight and pray that God will do these things. Ask God for a good idea. God, give me a, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be some grandiose idea where you get before Shark Tank and you become a multimillionaire. I'm not talking about that. But God could just give you one idea that you could present to your boss that that would get the attention of your boss, and your boss will say, wow, that's good, and implement that. And if that became a blessing to his company, you know what? You've you've, You've just 
risen way high in his eyes. And the next time he needs something, he's going to look to you. And, when he, and, when, and, and the next time a, a position comes open, he's going to think about you. You think, if I could only get another $2 an hour raise, man, all my worries would be over. Let me tell you something that's more, a whole lot better than a $2 an hour raise, and that is favor with someone or an idea. We'll be faithful and obedient to God. He will give us financial strategies. will be an incredible blessing to our life. You that have been in this class for the past eight weeks have received much wisdom and instruction from Solomon, Jesus, Dave Ramsey, and hopefully a little bit out of my heart. What are you going to do with this, with these lessons? What are you going to do with it? Just another, some more notes that are stuck in your Bible? Or is it something you're actually going to implement in your life? I hope it's something you'll implement in your life. I hope we hear some testimonials. And let me, let me ask you also, and it's not so I'll feel better about it, although that's okay too. But if you do some of these things and God begins to work in your life and you start paying off a debt or getting, you know, if you just start implementing some of these lessons that I've given the last eight weeks and it begins to work in your life, would you tell me about it or tell one of our staff members about it or whatever so we can just know that, hey, you know what? People are actually listening and things are actually picking up in their life. And also it'll encourage us to keep on keeping on, you know? Because sometimes it does get a little dis- discouraging when, you, you know, when people come to you and you've spent hours with them and you see that they've done absolutely nothing with what you've told them. It's awesome to be able to hear at least one or two say, you know what, I actually listened and I actually implemented it and it actually worked. So we'd like to hear about it. Also, that also would help us in the future to be able to say, you know what, you know, John Smith or Bill Jones or whatever said this or that. It's not just theory. It's not just a good lesson. If you'll do it, it'll actually work. Tonight's lesson is on God's currency. God's currency isn't money. That's man's currency. God's currency produces money, but God's currency is far more valuable than money. Tonight I've given you seven different currencies of God. And these are just a few. If you'll just start reading the word, you'll find many others. We are early tonight. Any questions tonight about tonight's lesson or anything else we've covered in the last eight weeks? We'll, we can address those real quickly, or we can be done early. Although, if we do get early, please do not go interrupt anybody's class and pull your kids out, okay? Please don't do that. Anybody have any questions or comments or anything you want to share? Yes. So when, when the rock went through the uh, AC unit and messed it up, you, you weren't real thrilled about that, but you had the money in the emergency fund to pay for it, and 
and it was paid for, and it didn't mess up your lifestyle. It didn't wreck your life. It didn't throw you in the poorhouse or anything else. Isn't that awesome? Recently, I, I talked to an individual, and they were all bummed out because of, of, of some financial setbacks, several things that had happened all in, in a period of a short time. And this person said, um, I'm broke. And this person was very depressed. And they said, I'm broke. I said, you're not broke. You're even. I said, because I remember a few years ago, before you actually implemented, and this person did implement the lessons that I've given the last eight months, this person actually implemented in their life. I said, I remember a few years ago when you were upside down and in an incredible hole financially, and you have crawled out of that hole and, 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 and paid off thousands of dollars in credit cards and 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 basically gotten debt-free besides the house, okay, and built an emergency fund, not a $1,000 uh, baby emergency fund, but a emergency fund of three to six months worth of income. You did that. You went from this deep hole financially all the way up to the top, covered the hole up, which most people don't, covered the hole up, then built on top of that whole this awesome emergency fund, and then when all these emergencies hit you at once, totaling many thousands of dollars, you wrote a check. You wrote a check and paid for it. And I understand, and I know nobody wants to spend their emergency fund on emergencies because somehow we think we've got this emergency fund and we're going to go to Disneyland with it. But emergency funds is for emergencies which will come up. And I said, I'm not trying to, you know, I, I know you feel bad, not whatever, but I said, come on, man. Remember where you were and where you are now, and you're not broke. You're even. <laughs> you're even. And... Uh, like it helped him a lot, but 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 it's still awesome, and that's that's an awesome it's an awesome story, yeah. And where would you be if you hadn't had that emergency fund? Yeah, right before summer, you'd have, yeah, ooh, you'd have been hot, and oh, your wife would not have been happy. Oh my goodness, and you'd probably been spending a lot of money on marriage counseling too, because she would have, you know, because if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Anybody else have any uh, questions or comments? Yes. Sure, testimonies are awesome. God's currency. Yeah. Awesome. Incredible.
What we also don't understand is that as much as God wants us to be blessed and God wants us to do well, the enemy doesn't. And he doesn't want us to, to believe, you know, that, um, that, that, that God's blessing is on us. And so he, he'll, he'll throw some things in our, he'll throw some roadblocks, throw some things at us. And then, you know, and, and a lot of things, it's just, it's just life. I'm going to just tell you, air conditioners go out. And rocks go through air conditioners, you know. And you have blowouts, you know. And the kids get sick. And we already discussed all that. It's, it's just called life. It's called growing up and realizing. Because, you know, when you're a kid and you're, or you're a teenager or a young adult, you just, you know, you just spend money on, on playthings, right? Like cars and accessories to cars, you know, like chrome wheels and, you know, and, and headers and, 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 and oversized tires and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, ski trips and, you know, and motorcycles and fun stuff. And then you have to grow up and realize, you know what, I got to, I mean, I'll never forget. I mean, I was 17 when I got married, and I will tell you something. I didn't like it when I had to go to the grocery store and pay money for groceries. Groceries? Groceries is what you're supposed to pull out of mama's cabinet. Not out of a grocery store and put in a cart and run through a checkout line and pay money for. That's no fun. It's called life. It's called growing up. Anybody else? Sure. <laughs> there is, look at me. But you started saying that it's important that I'm young and I'm getting it now. Absolutely. And I went and opened up a savings account, which is a big deal for me. Because I was so proud of myself because I didn't even think about something like that. And I'm like, if I have an emergency, my mom's going to pay for it, not you. And that's the way I thought. That's the young mind. But um, I feel like I. And so with that raise, you're going to do what with it? Oh, I stopped my tanning membership. Stopped your tanning yes. membership? And okay. I'm white again. But and you're I, white. Stopped, I stopped a lot of stuff because I was like, this is not a need. This is just something that I want. And so it's made me like be really careful on where my money goes. And then you said you have money that you don't know. And I'm like, no, I don't, but we do. And I have more money now. And I've stopped a lot of stupid things. And... I 
Cool. By the way, if any one of you missed any of these, and some of you, it's your very first time, so if you missed seven of them, they're all online on our website, so you can go on the website and, and listen to them, okay? Or if you want to go back and listen to something again, it's, it's, it's there, so. Anyone else? Good stuff. Let me make you a promise. I don't make a lot of promises, but let me make you a promise. If you do what I've taught you, which is the word, you'll never be sorry. If you get your finances under control, you'll never be sorry. It'll help you in every area of your life. It'll help your marriage, your home. It'll help your future. It'll help you in every area of your life. Promise. All right, Father, thank you for these that have come, many of them every single night or most of the nights. Father, thank you for the uh, principles of your word. Father, I just pray that you will indeed give us a desire to put those principles into practice and uh, prove you faithful, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. One last thing, don't just do this once or twice and that didn't work. You got to give it some time. You got to give it some time. Okay? Thank you. God bless you.